Hi, everyone. Dr. B here again. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Ask the Dentist. So if you hear a little pitter-patter on the roof, those are not my grandkids. That is rain. And as many of you know, I am in Napa Valley in California, and we need this rain. So I'm very thankful for it. I'm going to continue recording, and hopefully we continue hearing that pitter-patter. And also, I apologize for my scratchy voice. Nonetheless, today's question is really good. I liked it. It kind of got me going. It told me that I wasn't doing a good job in explaining a very important fact. I have a study to support it, a few studies, and I will include at least one URL for that study. But it's about kissing your children or anyone else kissing your children, family members, friends. I'm going to really talk about what I think kissing, what I'm referring to in terms of kissing and how sharing your oral microbiome with your child may or may not be a good thing. And you'll hear, you know, by listening to Laura's question, how this may have been misinterpreted, and but also how complicated it is. So it definitely needs more explanation, a little bit more expansion on the topic. It's important. And the oral microbiome, as you know, as you've heard me say, is key. It's the foundation of good or bad oral health. And we really need to know these little details about how to let our children formulate the best oral microbiome they possibly can because it determines so much about their future oral health and overall health as well. And I'll, I'll explain. But anyway, here's Laura. Thank you, Laura, so much for asking this. It's a really great question. And we'll have a great discussion as a result of you asking this. Here you go. Hi, Dr. B. I just had a question about something you posted on your stories yesterday about how sharing saliva with your kids causes cavities and the recommendation was don't kiss them on the mouth. Anyways, my question was, this assumes that all of my bugs in my mouth are bad. No? Couldn't it also be that I'm sharing good bugs with them if my oral microbiome is healthy? It just feels odd to me to say that something we have done as a species for thousands of years would be harmful. If evolutionarily speaking, we've passed on this tradition or urge, or I don't know what the right word is. We've kissed our kids for a long, 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 long time. And if it were harmful, wouldn't we stop doing that a long time ago? Couldn't it also be that we are sharing good bacteria by doing this? And in the past, before probiotics, wouldn't this be the only way to share good bacteria? Anyways, just curious your thoughts on this. Okay, thanks. Bye. Laura, this is a great question, and it allows me to kind of expand on this topic and explain kind of what I was saying, why I was saying it. But I love the fact that you're thinking this way. Obviously, you've been listening to a lot of what I've said, that A, you can pass on the oral microbiome. You mentioned that in your question. You talk about our ancestors. I love that part of it too. Back then, that was a definitely a source, the environment and the people that were around this child, rearing and nurturing the child, 
they had an effect on their oral microbiome. But times have changed. We live in our external environment is a lot different than our ancestors. And we've been able to compare oral microbiomes from those times to current times. One of the great sources of DNA information from our ancestors resides in the tartar around their teeth. And there's plenty of it even back then. And from that, we can really know a lot about what was the bacteriological makeup of the saliva in our ancestors. And it is different than what we have today. Let me talk from my point of view. I assume I have an optimal oral microbiome, but I think I'm smart enough to know that it's probably not as optimal as it could be. I don't get cavities. I don't get gum disease. I have an ideal diet. At times, though, I will cheat on that diet a little bit. I tape my mouth closed at night. I don't have a dry mouth. The pH levels in the mouth are pretty stable. My biome was established because I was born vaginally. My mother was able to give birth to me vaginally. And that is actually where the oral microbiome in a child is established. There is no oral microbiome until you come through that birth canal. And, you know, the vagina has its own oral microbiome, its own biome. It could be dysbiotic. And, and anyway, that's the start for your child. Also, breastfeeding. Breastfeeding is very important. Breast milk is ideally designed for so many different things. And one of them is to help feed and nourish the child's oral microbiome. This is all incredible stuff, isn't it? It's amazing how complex and how highly evolved this system is of rearing children. Now, let's say you gave birth by a cesarean, you weren't able to breastfeed. This is a very common situation these days. It's unfortunate, but it's no one's fault. It happens a lot and it needs to be addressed. So there are other ways of getting an oral microbiome. Certainly if you have a dog at home, this is also affects the gut microbiome. There are external factors. The next biggest external factor and source for the oral microbiome is the child's diet, the infant's diet. That is so important. Really stick to an optimal diet for the oral microbiome, especially if the child was not born vaginally and wasn't able to breastfeed, one or the other or both. Also, make sure that your child is not a mouth breather. That would affect the biome as well. The pH changes in a very dry mouth and the bacteria, the colonies, the commensal, the pathogenic bacteria, these are all different ratios of numbers to each other. All of those things will change if the diet's off, if the mouth is very dry, if pH levels drop in the mouth. So be aware of that as well. Try and optimize wherever you possibly can. And typically it'll work out, um, even though you haven't been good in one area or haven't been able to optimize it in certain areas. But let's get back to the sharing, the saliva, sharing of saliva, kissing, I'm all for kissing and hugging your children, holding them, playing with them. That bodily touch is so, so important for child development. You could also argue that it's also good for gut and oral microbiomes as well. Believe it or not, there are connections, neurological connections that could be explained, although we don't have a lot of data in that area. Kissing your child on the lips, that's fine. Be careful. The child may get used to that. And if they see it with a, you know, if they get kissed on the lips by a relative, family member or a friend, and you don't know what their state of their oral microbiome is, they could have gum disease, they could have missing teeth, 
They could have a lot of cavities. And this is not the kind of oral microbiome you want your kid to be exposed to. They may be resistant enough and have a strong enough oral microbiome where they can withstand a few exposures like that, but they may not be. And so this is my greatest fear. Kissing is not as big of a deal. And the kissing we talk about on our website is between adults, the wet kiss, passionate kissing, and that's what we refer to with kissing. It may have been translated to kissing your child. That's possible. So if you have any dental problems, I would be very wary of sharing any saliva with your child. Is that a little bit extreme? Perhaps. But there is data to support it. I will include a link to a study on that. But toothbrushes, of course, as you can imagine, are a big, big issue. So definitely consider that. For example, when the kids go to grandparents' home, mention that to them. I don't think your grandparents will be insulted. Pack a toothbrush, a specific kid's toothbrush, and make sure that that is being used instead of a toothbrush at their home in case you didn't pack one. Or if the grandparents are trying to, you know, feeling like they're doing the right thing, demonstrating to the kid, oh, this would be great. When you go home, you'll show your mom and your dad how well you brush. And they could be demonstrating with their toothbrush. And it's just instinctive to hand the toothbrush to the kid, the kid's reaching out, and that toothbrush gets shared. That can be a problem. It really can. That is a vector for infection and could lead to a dysbiosis of your child's oral microbiome. I love what you said about ancestors. Uh, ancestrally, yes, we've been, we weren't sharing toothbrushes, but there probably was some sharing of the biome. I don't know to how that transpired, certainly from animals and from their environment. They lived in a less sterilized world, and that was actually a good thing. And they were picking up all this information, this DNA information from their surroundings. And today we sterilize and we get super infections. And we're really kind of out of whack when it comes to having a optimal external environment for the oral microbiome. So I like how you're thinking, but today... We do not have the same conditions as our ancestors did. So I, I cannot recommend it based on that because our ancestors did that. I think we are all slightly dysbiotic. That is unfortunately a fact that we have to live with. It doesn't mean we should always try and optimize it and be aware of what that is. Just as an aside, there is some good news coming. We've got a mRNA-based test coming up. I'm going to talk about it probably in Q1 next year, 2022. And there are some exciting, there's a new test coming that will be able to kind of give you a baseline of what your oral microbiome is. And the question is, is what are we going to do with that information? I'm personally very excited because all the tests to date have not been as detailed and as useful as I would have wanted, but that is coming and I will discuss that. And that's something that we'll all want to do. We'll want to take baseline tests and see if we can improve our oral microbiome or if it gets worse, we will be able to know this firsthand with solid data. So that's exciting. So yeah, Sharing the toothbrush is the big thing. You know, any transference of saliva, kissing your children could be an issue. It's discussed in in studies. This is not me making this stuff up. And yeah, this is all great stuff that you're bringing up. I like how you're thinking and I like that you're challenging what I'm saying because it just allows us to have a discussion and elucidate and really kind of expand our knowledge base on the oral microbiome. Let me just end by saying that the oral microbiome is something relatively new that we've known about. It's been with us from day one, but we're just becoming familiar with it. And I think we're just beginning to understand how important the oral microbiome is in terms of not just oral health, but in overall health. So 
big, big topic. Again, we're going to be talking a lot more about it in 2022. But I'm so glad that you asked that question because it allows me to kind of explain more about where we get our oral microbiome from and where we can get a bad oral microbiome from. So I hope that answers the question for you, Laura. Thanks for asking it. So that brings us to the end of another episode. Again, thank you for that question. Any question is great. If you want to challenge me on anything I have said, I would appreciate that. That just allows us to have a more, you know, the discourse is the beginning of great things typically. And I will always back it up with facts and studies. Check out the study that I've included in this episode, in the show notes. I think you'll find it interesting. And if you have any questions like this, please go to speakpipe.com slash ask the dentist, ask your question, and we can talk about it. We've got all of next year, 2022, lots of topics to talk about, new things that are coming. I mentioned that new oral microbiome test. We're going to be talking about that. I'm going to get you all hooked up with that, probably get you a discount, and we'll explain how to interpret the results. I'm very excited about that. Again, if you have, if you want more information about the oral microbiome, that this is a new topic to you, it's the first time you've heard it, go to our website, go to askthedentist.com. We've written a lot about it. You can Google it. You can search for it in your search engine, and you're going to see a lot of discussion about it. And really what we need now are oral microbiome-friendly products. And believe it or not, most of the products out there that you're using in your mouth today are not that. They are not oral microbiome friendly and they actually counter the oral microbiome. So we're going to talk about that in 2021. I'm going to announce a new product along with my partner in crime. (laughs) And we are very excited to be able to bring this new product to you. And it is a safe product. It is microbiome friendly. Stuff you haven't mentioned before, right? Well, you're going to be hearing a lot of it in 2022. And again, if you want to talk to a dentist or you want your dentist to be kind of talking like what I'm talking about, you're going to have to go see a functionally minded dentist, a functional dentist. And where do you find that? Well, go to our directory, go to askthedentist.com slash directory. That list is growing. And these are dentists that are truly enlightened. They see everything globally, systemically, and they will, after you meet them, you will get better outcomes, not just dentally, but with your overall health. So I I definitely recommend that you seek them out. Again, this is, you'll probably hear this in late 2021. Again, thank you so much for listening to me for the last year. I appreciate your attention and I value that very, very much. I'm thankful for it and I do not take it lightly. I will see you in 2022. Got lots of cool stuff to talk about. Glad you will join me next year. I will introduce you to a lot of cool and new things. Thanks again. Happy New Year. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search or find a dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.